1: Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody, it's Shep Hyken here with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. Very excited today because Christine Churchill is in the house and she and I will be talking about the cost of of bad customer service. There's also some benefits, some financial gain to great customer service, which is what we talk about almost every week with the ideas that we share. But today we're gonna start off with, what does it really cost you if you have bad service? And Christine launched the Customer Service Institute of America way back in 2007. She's the president of the International Council of Customer Service Organizations. This woman sleeps, breathes, eats, and talks. Great customer service. We'll be talking to her in just a moment. But first, a couple of important announcements. If you've got a great service story that you want to share, you can reach out to me on any of the social media channels and share it. I would love to get that because sometimes it gives me the idea to write an article uh, in, a, in a one of my newsletters or a blog or whatever. Also, if you've got a question. Just use the hashtag Ask Shep when you leave that question in any of those social channels. I'll either answer it there. I'll answer it here on this show. I'll answer it in a newsletter or I'll answer it on my TV show, which is Be Amazing or Go Home. And you can find that on Amazon Prime, Roku, uh, Apple TV, uh, many of other places that have streaming services. And you can now get it at BeAmazing.tv. That's BeAmazing.tv. And we're into our third season now. Very excited about that show. But right now, we're on Amazing Business Radio. You know, there's a theme to what I do. Amazing Business Radio, Be Amazing or Go Home, my book, The Amazement Revolution, uh, Be Amazing, or what is another one? Uh, amaze Every Customer Every Time. I had to look at the copies of my books. I've got amazement all over the place, but this is going to be an amazing interview. Christine, welcome to the show.
0: Ah, oh, well, thank you for the amazing introduction. And I, uh, be amazing or go home. All right? I am going to try my best to be amazing for you, Shep, and for all your listeners. So, well,
1: it's going to be this. a great interview. And I'm <laughs> very intrigued because when you said, let's do this, I have a great topic. And the topic you wanted to talk about was, you know, the financial cost of bad service. So let's start there. Um, I, I've read, so I used to use a stat to open my speech $75 billion is lost to poor customer service. And in the past few years, that number has gone up and up and up and up, not million, billion. And when you take a look at how much money a company can lose because they just don't take care of their customers the right way, has nothing to do with the product. It has to do with how they're treated. Wow. Why aren't more companies getting it? So let's start with, do you have any stats and facts around the financial costs of bad customer service?
0: Well, I have a couple I can lead with. so uh, yes, yeah. so we do know that 89% of consumers have said that they will spend 17% more on a product service if they feel that they are going to be receiving a better service experience. So now in the age of the, you know, everything's digital, right? Everybody can look up and see what the service experience is for other people who are their peers before they buy. Yeah, they, they look at
1: ratings. Uh, all the uh, time. Yeah, there, and then there's uh, another great organization, the American Customer Satisfaction Index, which actually okay. is uh, an index that's put out by the University of Michigan. Klaus yep. uh, Fornell, great guy. Uh, we've had him on the show. But no, there's all kinds of ways you can track it. So that's proving that there's an ROI for delivering great service.
0: That's right. And if you can increase your customer retention just by 5%, Shep, you can increase your bottom line revenue. I and mean, this is an interestingly large range, but from 25 to 95%. And so even if you look at it where, okay, if we can retain 5% of our customers, even if your bottom line revenue, quote unquote, only goes up 25%, that's huge numbers. That's huge. Yeah. And it's, and when we, most times when we talk about companies giving bad service, we think, okay, well, they're losing customers because customers are leaving. That's not the only reason bad service is costing your company money. And that's one of the things um, that we can talk about today as well. It's not just customers leaving that's costing money, uh, it's the bad service internally and how that's also costing you money. So there's a lot that goes around that and why it's so integral that organizations pay attention to this topic?
1: Yeah, we're going to get to that exact comment in just a moment. I want to know what are the other reasons besides customer service. But here's the point. You mentioned um, the, the the churn. If you can increase your customer retention by 5%, yeah. everybody loses customers, sometimes for legitimately good reasons and sometimes for bad. Uh, the number one reason customers leave a company However, it is um, actually 70 our stats show 73 to 75% uh, because of rudeness and apathy from mm-hmm. one individual. Okay. By the way, go back to almost before we were born in the 1970s when the White House Office of Consumer Affairs commissioned TARP, Technical Assistant Research Program, to do a study. And they found that I believe it was 71 plus percent of customers leave because one employee was rude, apathetic, didn't act like they cared, you know. But once again, it's why hasn't that changed? I
0: was just gonna say it hasn't changed. And actually, in looking at customer rage studies, so many of the things have gotten worse. I mean, it's 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 not declining, it's actually those types of stats are actually increasing. And I don't know if that's because we're all just dealing with a lot more on our plates that we're not gonna put up with. More, yeah, you know, or you know, we're not going to put up with as well,
1: much. I don't think it's more on our plates. I think the customer's smarter than ever before, and they don't benchmark you against a direct competitor. They're comparing you to the best service they've had from any company out there. So if somebody says, Why can't I get the Amazon experience from this little local business? They're actually thinking that whether they actually verbalize it. Um, and, and by the way, using Amazon experience, you may have a bad Amazon experience, but most people think Amazon's a great company.
0: I do not Uh, have a bad Amazon experience. (laughs) I almost wish I did. Then that would be a whole show in and of itself. I'm sure.
1: Right. Uh, but you know, Ritz Carlton levels of service Nordstrom levels of service. Uh, you can use you know, the, 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 uh, shoe repair store down the, road that that the owner is so nice and friendly, that may be your benchmark. And even as a B2B company, business to business, you still are a consumer if you're a, a purchaser or a leader in these B2B companies. And therefore, you still may be comparing your best experiences of, of a retailer. We had a client that was in the healthcare system, uh, hospital business, and they ordered this very expensive piece of machinery, over a half a million dollars for some type of x-ray equipment that they had to actually had to build a special room for with the right electricity and cleanliness. I don't know, whatever, san, mm-hmm. the, the machine shows up two hour, or not two hour, two weeks early, two hours early, no big deal, two weeks <laughs> early. And the executive that was my client said to me, you know, they could have told me it was coming. Right. Uh, I, we, you know, we had to build this out just to accommodate. So it, we weren't ready for it. And then he said, I order toilet paper from Amazon and at least they send me an email to tell me it's on its way. He just <laughs> compared a half a million dollar piece of equipment to a toilet paper at Amazon <laughs> being
0: delivered. And you know what's funny about that story that you chose because a lot of times people think if it arrives early what's the big deal, right? But it's exactly what you said. When people are planning for a certain event, right? Like uh, maybe the power company is going to do some work and they tell businesses, we're going to be working from 12 to four and they only work from 12 to 1230 and they're super proud of themselves. But these businesses are now shut down. They close their doors. Right Now they're angry because they lost, you know, three and a half hours of business where they could have been open. So really, you know, informing the customer, keeping them in the loop, being transparent. hundred percent. I love that example.
1: Yeah. Most of the time under promising and over delivering works, but you need to yeah. be aware of when it works and when it might not work, you right. know, just in time delivery on certain things like the expensive equipment that gets put into a room that's perfectly built out. You should probably have a little bit more communication. All right. So the cost of bad customer service, if I, I mean, it's, you got to look at your churn. I think you told me before we came on, there's a formula to consider. Do you uh, have a formula you want to share with us?
0: Well, first I want to just like say the, the formula is really pretty simple where you're looking at where the process isn't working, right? Because first thing to do is to always ask your team member where the glitches are. You can do deep dives and you can have leadership do things and you can look at customer surveys and all of that is helpful. First thing you want to do is ask your team member where the snags are because they feel the pain points just as much as your customers do. And they're going to identify that for you. Um, And then when you say, okay, so let's say it's a, it's a process issue, right? You look at that and then you can determine very easily, like, how many additional hours team members might be putting in as a result of that? Or when we are using these five additional systems, how much slower, how much longer does that take them to actually make that interaction occur than if we actually invested in the technology that we know is going to make the difference? So the formula is really based in what is the issue at hand? And you can, can pro, you can put it together based on like the salary of team members, the hourly rate, the technology, but you have to really look at where the glitch is first and what, what that is costing to determine the best way to streamline uh, for what you're trying to achieve. So is it a, is it a plug and play formula, like um, you know, how we get to pie? Not exactly. But there is a formula that you can use with actual numbers that are available from your organization to determine how much something like that is costing, and then additionally, you can determine um, based on that number how much churn could be resulting as for because of those service experiences as well. So, and that every is
1: every company is going to be different, no doubt. Um,
0: that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, I'm getting ready to work with a client that has 11 customers worldwide. That's it, 11 customers. They're a multi-billion-dollar company. You wow. lose one customer. Yeah. If you average out every customer's worth, whatever, uh, it could be a half a billion-dollar customer. And with you think about it, that's pretty intense to lose a half a billion dollars. So, um, you know, when I remember the client said, I need to go with my CEO. You've quoted me a fee to do a presentation and a workshop for us. I need to, I need, but I need to know why is this really important? I said, okay, let's say that your person in charge of this account makes a mistake and doesn't respond quickly enough to an email and you upset your customer and they walk one missed email, one poor communication uh, exhibit uh, or example. And they're gone. He goes, that's all I needed to hear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's that simple. And it's some of it's so much common sense, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, we it is common sense and that and that's the thing. And they know that there are issues that exist and they but they don't realize what it's costing them. I mean, even something. So one of the logistics company I worked with, they needed their drivers to double check something on the way bill. And but nobody was doing it. Nobody really worried about it. And so we crunched the numbers of what kind of cause and effect that had uh, not just for their customers, but for their in, for their internal customers as well. What do the other team members have to do as a result of that step? Not that five seconds that that driver needs to check something. What is that costing them? And I mean, we found that it was costing them upwards of about $2.1 million a year because their drivers weren't making those small checks at each location, right? And I'm watching the CEO's face just get like more red and
1: like- 2.1 million. Now, by the way, let's let's- I want to blow this number up a little bit and I'll tell you why it's yep. not 2.1 million of lost revenue. That, that is what it is. Okay. Well, well that's me, actually
0: just what, yeah. What it they know it's costing. Right. There's well, so much more beyond well, that.
1: Let's take a look at this 2.1 million. If they would just spend an extra five, 10 seconds looking at this and checking the box and making sure there's not a mistake, Correct. $2.1 million. What does a company have to sell? To make 2.1 million in profit. Mm -hmm. Often, you know, companies are working at a five to 7% margin, some larger companies, let's call it 10%. That means you got to have 20 plus million dollars in sales in order to get that revenue. Well, now you don't have to do any sales at all. Just do something that takes a few seconds. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk more about the cost of bad service and some other stats and facts you've shared and some other ideas interesting, fascinating conversation with Christine Churchill, who is the founder of the Customer Service Institute of America. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Hi, Shep Hyken, your customer service and experience expert, and I'm excited to tell you about my new book, I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers to come back again and again. Now this book is packed with idea after idea on how to, just as the title implies, get your customers to come back. In the book, you'll learn that repeat customers aren't always loyal customers. Now both are great, but there's a big difference. You'll also learn about 10 reasons a customer may stop doing business with you and three reasons you would stop doing business with them. And one of my favorite lessons is a six-step process for creating an I'll be back strategy. Of course, there's much, much more. You'll start getting more of your customers to say, I'll be back almost immediately. Just go to www.I'llBeBackBook.com. Again, that's www.I'llBeBackBook.com. Listening to Amazing Business Radio with bestselling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We are back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Christine Churchill. And I love uh, the stats and facts that you've shared, the ideas. I'm working with a client right now who was, it was literally millions of dollars of churn meaning she was losing customers because of errors they were making with their customer customer service problems. Mm. And she said, I want you to come in. I want you to work with this. What do you charge? I said, well, this is our fee for training hourly daily rates for our trainers, the cost of putting another the program. How about if I work on commission? And she said, what do you mean? I said, well, you told me how much money, millions and millions of dollars they were losing because of customer service errors. If I could just save 5% of those errors from happening, I could charge them a half a million to a million dollars. Not <laughs> the amount of money. I have a good plan. I know. So I'm thinking still, you're uh- talking to your clients. You should be working on commission. You're right. If it's a tiny little commission. So anyway, I digress. Here's a stat that you shared with me in your talking points that a 1% increase in customer satisfaction could result in a 4.6 increase an overall market value. Mm-hmm. Let's start there. I promised we'd be talking about more stats. I think that's a very interesting uh, case for. We've got to make this happen. I mean,
0: it's insane to think that just a one percent increase in your customer satisfaction rating can can drive your business valuation that that high, right? And so I think that that alone just shows, you know. The people, right now, people are really speaking. And when, you know, everybody's paying attention before they, they spend their money, before they buy. I mean, before people used to lean over their fence and ask Bob like what they thought of the local hardware store. And if they liked their experience, maybe they'd go there. But now it is so easy for people to be able to find out exactly what people are thinking about a business, right? And what their experience was five seconds ago. And so I think that, you know, from if if you are a leader in an organization and you are not thinking that these tiny things are that big a deal because you think they're tiny things, very, very big deals because they snowball and they tend to go out of control. And this is not something I've talked about with financial cost of bad service before, but with the great resignation being what it is and there are lots of available positions, it just seems like if people are not able to provide good customer experiences because they're not knowledgeable, they haven't been trained well, the processes are bad, they're just gonna leave. They'll go get another job or they're just gonna-
1: They're gonna be frustrated. You know, yeah, they're, they're, they do it, not
0: want to work at that company either. And that's yeah. going to cost your company money.
1: Mm-hmm. So there's all kinds of ways that uh, by not doing the right thing ends up costing you money. And the benefit of doing the right thing is, is totally obvious. Um, and, and by the way, you know, people say, well, you know, you've got, a let's just say you've got a hundred employees on the front line
0: mm-hmm. and
1: 99 of them have been perfectly and properly trained. And the other one, oh, that person came in we haven't had time to train them. If I end up talking to that one person. That's my impression of the whole company. So the one person that's not trained is really uh, your brand. (laughs) You're as strong as your weakest link.
0: Organizations are just hiring when they need to. They have got to have like, you know, the pitchers warming up, right? (laughs) Like you've got to have people (laughs) training. Baseball analogy.
1: Love it. The pitcher needs to warm up. Put me in coach. Put me in. I just, want to, just want to be a contender. Hire
0: somebody because they're a warm body, and then expect that they're going to, you know, execute on your company's culture and deliver the service experience. Because that, to your point, if that's the interaction that major customer has, or somebody's on the fence about staying with your business, and that's who they're talking to, you know, it's a challenge.
1: Uh, and, and really, if you think about it, it's like you—you uh, you mentioned the Great Resignation, and there's lots of opportunity available. If, mm-hmm. if you go to companies like Target, you know, retailers are complaining they can't get good people. Yep. You don't see a sign that says help wanted desperately at a Target store. Uh, you don't see uh, like us shutting or Target shutting down early because they can't staff properly. On the contrary, Target is, is experiencing the lowest turnover they've had in years. Uh, this is about uh, six t- months or eight months ago uh, where I, I saw this article and yes, their their compensation is good. The benefits are good. And as a result, the cost of bad service is far more than the cost of what they're doing to do it right, uh, from the standpoint of, of mitigating that bad service. Just look at them as an example. So I, when people say I just can't get good people, I say, Well, you're just not hiring the right people, paying them properly and, and, and investing in them. To your yeah. point, when you invest in your employees training they feel good about themselves you give them the tools so when they're being yelled at and beat up by a customer they know exactly how to handle it to completely turn that conversation around to where the end of the conversation and by the way you hire people who love to fix problems for others and there's Mm -hmm. tons of people out there to do it if if that's if that's the person you're hiring for so you've given us some great insights here um I've been asking a lot of questions, and you said, Well, we can go there, but there's some other things I want to talk about in the time we have remaining. Is there something big that you want to share? Now, this isn't my last question. This is, I have a list of great talking points. Uh, You know, how do you identify the cost of bad service? We kind of touched on that. Um, What do you feel is the biggest opportunity that companies have?
0: Okay. Hopefully, I won't get too in the weeds on this, but I think that. Right now, there's this expectation that all companies are Amazon. Because to your point, that's what everybody's comparing things to, right? Like that's what they like. However, when customers are asked, what is your definition of a company that delivers great service? This is what they say. Uh, A company who can resolve my questions and my problems, uh, that has knowledge of the product or service, they're easy to reach and accessible and they don't waste my time. That's four things. Right. Right. Those are not big ass. What what I want to say to companies who are like, we need to do this, all these things and we have to have this app and we've got to be proactive here. All of that's great. Right. However, make sure you get the foundational things right. I think that's what so many companies are missing. They are not easily accessible. Or easy to reach. They their team is not trained on the products or services the way they should be. They are wasting customers' time because they're sitting on hold. And that's not always, you know, their fault. But a lot of times there's there's the whole time is ridiculous and there's no option for callback, right? Like think about those things first, because those are the things that are what's affecting the customer the most, and then start adding on those bells and whistles. And I'll say, when you do add those on, just make sure that they're they're working because that's, again, that cost of bad service is going to cost you. People will stop using it if all of these things you've put invested in turn out to be hard.
1: Right. So to your point and the top four ideas that you just shared as to why or what customers like, our mm-hmm. study um, said, and this is exactly uh, to your point, We looked at a number of reasons that customers would want to come back. Number one, helpful. Number two, friendly. Number three, knowledgeable. Number four, convenient. As in easy, saves me time, no friction, right? I think that mirrors exactly what you just mentioned, contradicting for the top four reasons why a customer wouldn't come back. And I laugh at number four. Number one, rudeness or apathy. We talked a little bit about that. Inconsistency in information.
0: So, oh, yeah, I, I know.
1: have that in red. I know. Christine, have you ever called a company? Uh, you said, well, that answer just doesn't seem right. And you call back, talk to somebody else and get a completely different answer.
0: Yes. And then my trust in that company has completely plummeted. And if I continue doing business with them, I always am going to ask for my call to be escalated immediately.
1: Right, so right. Completely inability. Yep.
0: empowerment away from the front line. And I have no trust in them. And no, I will. That's what happens. I
1: it, Just, you blow yeah. trust. And, and when you provide great service, you increase trust. Yep. People love to do business with the companies they trust and they become loyal to the companies they trust. The other two, the inability to connect with somebody, meaning you make it hard. Maybe you hide your phone number on your website so people won't call you. Can't stand that when I have to search for the customer support. And here's yeah. the number four one that cracks me up. Uh, why wouldn't you like be likely to come back? A bad customer service experience. <laughs> uh, that's that's just being of course, that should be number one. All. That's like overarching, but right. Um,
0: that's the question itself, I think.
1: But yeah. kind of. <laughs> so great insights. Let's wrap it up with your yep. final insight. The one thing that you absolutely want everybody who's hearing our show today to think about, remember, and maybe even act on. What would that be?
0: Uh, well, this, this sounds so um so easy but and obvious, but always ask your team for their ideas. Their ideas are oh, free no. and they are the ones that are going to drive your business and impact you the most and typically immediately, right? So if you're not asking your team how you can do your business better, what you can improve, how to make things more efficient, you are missing out.
1: I'll add to that. Um, You want to ask your team, why don't you sit down and shadow a team member that's on the front line? Even better, be forced to answer the calls yourself, right?
0: I, I could not agree more. And actually, I love it when there are businesses who are like, oh, yeah, our leaders have to, I mean, at minimum, to your point, shadow. But when they actually have to do calls or it's all hands on deck, and that means all hands on deck during busy time, then they really get a feel for not only what their team members are going for and what could help them provide better service and experiences, but what the, your customers are experiencing. Absolutely. Yes. It's so, a true
1: story. I wrote about it in my last book. I'll be back. Uh, Microsoft technical support. Uh, a woman called, was talking to a wonderful uh, support agent. She got his, his first name, didn't get the last name, and she called back and asked to speak to William again if there's any way she could find out who that was, and she wanted to talk to that same rep, and it was William Gates, as in Bill Gates, who oh. took time to come down from the, I don't know, I don't think they have a huge tower at Microsoft, he's a pretty down-to-earth guy, went in and sat in on customer support calls and actually field some of the calls just so he could understand what people were saying about the product. And uh, it was brilliant. But isn't that cool? I'd like to speak to that young man, William. He wasn't young. <laughs> and he's the CEO. This goes to show founder, that that product knowledge is
0: very important to people. Because yeah,
1: yeah. that's the well, this,
0: man who's got some.
1: This has been great, Christine. Thanks so much for sharing your insights. Uh, this has been a wonderful conversation. This is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. Thanks for being here.
0: Oh, thank you for having me. It was amazing, and I'm so well, Thank you. Thankful.
1: All right, everybody, that wraps it up. Another outstanding interview, Christine Churchill. She fantastic. Thank you again. We'll be back next week with another interview. And until that time, this is Chef Hike and reminding you to always be amazing.